And with the help you get from ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns, uh, we'll keep that uh, vehicle running for you. If you have any kind of a car care question, you want to talk with this guy, Dan Burns, who is uh, with Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Morning, Dan. Good morning. Good to see you. Good to be here. You have a good week? It was a good week. I said it was, uh, I'd say it's... uh was it didn't feel all that busy, but it was good. It was uh, it all it worked out. That's good. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the week, yeah. Those well, were... you know, it's not very often where we get to walk out at the end of the day and everything's done. You know, usually there's stuff. The feeling over. of accomplishment, right. isn't it? Well, yeah. it is. It's, can... uh, yeah. Usually there's stuff. Well, we didn't quite Left get to over. it. We'll finish yeah. it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dan has been with us for many, many years here on CCO, and if you uh, have uh, any issues with your vehicle, car, truck, or van and you want to bring it into your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, but you want to know what the heck is going on with this thing. At least Dan might give you some uh, insight on what uh, may be the case uh, with your vehicle. And as we've said a, a thousand times, that's better. At least you're walking in with some information that may help the technician, may help the service writer, whatever the case may be. You know, get get to it. Don't don't hide anything. No, that's right. That's, that does not help. It's, it doesn't uh, help anybody. Find it anyway. It just that's costs right. you more. <laughs> that's right. Let me give you the phone number and the text number. We um, are already starting to get calls. So don't wait. Dan will be here for about another 30 minutes or so until Jack Farrell's wine chat. So don't wait. If you have a question, by all means, uh, please call us or send Dan a text if that's easier. Phone number 651-989-9226. Or you can send Dan a text 81 Eight zero seven. A text came in. Let's see if I can find it. Nine hours ago, Dan. So mm-hmm. they were they were ready for your show today. Uh, the car care question. I vacuumed my 2015 Mazda and found two dead mice under the seats. How are they getting in during the winter? Yeah, that's the troubling. That's troubling. We have uh, we have spent an awful lot of time and an awful lot of customers' monies looking for mice that have climbed in the car and, and perished and, mm-hmm. and of course, started to smell. And yeah. So uh, it can be, it can be a big, you know, they get into the heater box and the your car is, as much as you think it's sealed. It's, it's got not, holes in it's it. It's not. It has holes in it. <laughs> and uh, one place that is for sure is where the air comes in by, up by the, uh, by the wiper blades. The, uh, that's where the air for the heat system comes in. And it's built with a, a series of waterfalls and drains and so forth, so the water doesn't get into the car, and, but just the air does. And uh, the mice uh, certainly find their way through there. Sometimes you have to chew through a little something to get there, but it's it's a big deal, and it's very damaging because uh, oftentimes they'll start chewing on little plastic or rubber lines yeah. that, are, that are vacuum lines for your evaporative system, or they'll chew through wires. Uh, we've certainly seen that where they, I don't know if they like to sharpen their teeth or whatever, but they'll chew right through a wire and, and uh, you know, that with computer technology and you chew Ooh. through one wire and then give me the task of trying to find it yeah. uh, where I can't get. He got and I can't get there. Uh, it can be it can be a big problem. Well, I know you guys at Lloyd's and you personally have worked on my daughter's car because she, she doesn't want to kill any mice. You know, well, she's, she's, uh, she's one of those... Folks that, right. uh, the, the cute little mouse, but they can do, th- and a friend of mine has had thousands of dollars worth because of uh, the, 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 the mice getting in, into, into the garage. Right. Well, I had it where, I had it where it, uh, it t- actually totaled a guy's, no he, kidding. he had a fancy sports car wow. and, and 
uh, they could never get the smell out of it. And Yo. so it totaled it. But at any rate, yeah. the trick is to, I'm sure that's the real question, how are they getting in and what do I do about it, yeah. is the trick is to prevent it. And we've talked about there's some of these uh, scented things right. that mice don't like. Uh, if you're storing a car, which is where really, usually when it happens is yeah. if the car sits. So if you're storing it, put some of that in and around the car, some of those scented things that they don't like. And most importantly, don't give them anything to eat or drink in your garage. Oh, oh good point. No bird problem, seed, No bird like seed, that. no dog food, uh, all of that sort of stuff is why they're there. And then they find that your warm car is a great place to nest and, yeah. uh, and you don't want that to happen. So take away the food. Take away the water, just like anyone else. They'll go home. <laughs> yeah, if there's nothing to eat or drink. <laughs> nothing to eat or drink. They'll go home. Now, you you uh, remember when uh, because Tony's SUV is is parked outside all the time. That a, a year, well, it was a couple of years ago now, that uh, you had you were given the task of, uh, and I cleaned out as much as I could of a squirrel nest. Yeah. That was that. That critter did a lot of well, damage. Same there. thing. We find them. We find them every week. Do you really? Yeah, every they, week. They often, you know. The, when you look at the engine on your car, it's all covered in this beautiful plastic, yeah. so it looks pretty underneath there. Well, they think that's a great place to put a nest. It's like a un- tent. Under those plastic <laughs> things, and, you know, the intake manifold is warm when they when they get there. And so they, yeah, they take, they take it, and then they go through the garage and pull out the insulation and whatever yeah. else they need to make their bed, and, uh, and they store it all underneath your car. Yeah, they're quite industrious. Yep, they really are. So take away the food. That's the real trick. Food and water. All right, Dan, hang on. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to folks on the line. If you have any kind of a car care question, now is your chance. We'll come back and talk to folks on the phone and pick up on the text messages as well. Phone number 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. It's overcast. It's 30 degrees on Cecil. Cloudy today, high near 39. Tomorrow, sunshine at 43. And good morning. Welcome back to Cecil's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, located exactly where? We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul, where the snow is melting. There's still snow in the, on oh, the, yeah. in the shade. It's a slow but, melter. Uh, it's a season. slow melt yeah. this year, that's for sure. But uh, plenty of snow yet around. But we're at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give Jim a call this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. All right, Dan, we have callers, we have texters as well. So let's uh, let's put you to work here. Uh, Chuck in St. Louis Park is first up here. Chuck, thanks for waiting. What's your question? I have a 2007 Camry with 293,000 miles on it, and it happened to have a recall at 262, and they put in new pistons and rings, so it's running good. I had it in the garage this week, and all the warning lights were basically on, or most of them, and they felt that it was an issue with a catalytic converter, uh, which is an expensive repair can I continue to run it? I mean, it's almost 300,000 miles, and how how dangerous is it to run it with an issue with a catalytic converter? Thanks. Well, it, it's, the lights are on because it <clears throat> probably has a code that is P0420, which is catalytic converter efficiency code. And uh, what it's telling you is that catalytic converter is not as efficient as it used to be. And uh, for environmental purposes, they want you to do something about that. Uh the reason your catalytic converter failed probably is because your ring and valves or your rings and 
valves failed, so it was burning oil at times, and uh, that's hard on a catalytic converter. But at any rate, I know they're expensive to repair. One thing that you could do if you wanted to go after a repair is they sell aftermarket uh, catalytic converters, and they're relatively inexpensive, and they've gotten better. Used to be I'd never recommend them because they didn't work very well, but they've gotten better. So uh, that's one thing that you might check into is, is, is there an aftermarket, con- aftermarket converter that will uh, do the job for you? As far as can you drive it with the, with the uh, catalytic converter the way it is, yes, you can. Uh, the only risk is if the catalytic converter gets bad enough, it will actually melt down and turn into a big glob, and that'll plug your exhaust. And we've seen mm. that. We've seen Have that. From, yeah, we've seen that from time to time. But it's it's low risk um, if the car's running fine, and uh, you want to drive with all the lights on. You know, with three hundred thousand miles, who wouldn't understand that? Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. All right, Chuck. There you go. Dave, in the meantime, is calling from Apple Valley. Dave, you're on with Dan. Good morning, Dan. I have a 2011 Ford Flex, and I have an HID headlight that every so often will go out, and then I'll turn the lights on and off and back on again, and then it'll go back on again. And the question I guess I have for you, is that a sign that's going to burn out eventually, or is that like a short in there, or what do you think? Yeah, I probably would change that bulb because uh, uh, a failing bulb like that is hard on the ballast, and the bulb, while it's expensive, is cheaper than the a ballast or, you know, the process of replacing the ballast. So uh, my recommendation is go ahead and change that bulb before it completely fails because it can do more damage along the way. Oh, okay. Very yeah. good. 651-989-9226, text 81807. Keep in mind, Dan will be here till about 745 or so. So keep that in mind. Uh, text, uh, folks, uh, let's get some text messages, uh, Dan. Uh, here's one. I replaced the side warning sensor. This, by the way, is a 2013 Buick Verona. Uh, I replaced the side warning sensor. The system still does not work. Does it have to be reprogrammed? They usually don't have to re- be reprogrammed, although if you didn't, if you brought it in and had it checked and found out the code and went after the repair and did that yourself, that's great. But uh, at the minimum, it needs to go in and have the, the computer reset, uh, have the the warning, uh, the... Uh, Warning codes cleaned out, the diagnostic codes cleaned out of, or cleared out of it because it won't work uh, if there's a failure stored in its memory. So, oh, okay. because it's a safety thing. Uh, so, it, at the very minimum, it needs to be reset. Uh, if that repair didn't do it, if, that, if you reset it and that code comes right back, uh, then there's something else wrong, like a wiring or a connector or something like that that'll need some attention. All right. Uh, Jim's calling from Egan uh, this morning. Jim, you're on CCO with Dan. Dan, I have a 2016 Buick Enclave, and a lot of times I sit in my Enclave and I listen to my stereo, and, you know, I have it on the accessory, and all of a sudden I'll get a low-battery start engine signal. Uh, Isn't there about a 90-minute reserve on my battery? Well, no. This comes on about a minute, (laughs) about five minutes after I shut the engine off. Yeah, uh, that's very common, and... The warning, of course, is very conservative. It's going to tell you that uh, that the battery has dropped below a level that it's comfortable with to be able to restart the vehicle. And so, um, you know, what it's telling you is start the vehicle so that the alternator keeps the battery recharged. On a 2016, I would think the battery would still be good. That's not very old. But like I say, the the warning system is going to be very conservative. So... 
if you just want to ignore that warning for a little while, uh, I'm sure not 90 minutes, but if it's 10 minutes or, or 15 minutes, I'm sure you'll, you'll be just fine. Um, but beyond that, you probably want to start the vehicle and let it idle while you're listening to the stereo, and then the battery will stay recharged. Oh, okay. So Very good. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. A texter says this, and we're talking about critters getting into the vehicle and doing damage. Granddaughter's car was parked outside one night, and a squirrel ate through the wiring for her starter. Yeah. The mechanic said, it was mice. He said, not not with such big drop. <laughs> I don't think it's mice, but squirrels will do that too. They obviously, yeah, yeah. They all all those rodents like to chew squirrels or chipmunks. Or yeah, chip, chipmunks we've seen too. I'm uh, sure you have. Yeah, now, so. Chad from Stillwater said uh, sent a suggestion via text. A cat will keep the mice away, but I'm not sure. If, especially if you're storing a vehicle, <laughs> how, how often do you put the cat in? Well, do you leave it overnight? Put the cat, put the cat in the garage, and and you know back and in, then hunt. Back yeah. in the day, uh, there used to be feral cats running around the neighborhoods oh, with yes. cats and dogs and all that sort of stuff, and it it made a big difference with keeping the rodent population. I bet down. it did. Yeah, uh, but now we're now that we're too kind for any of that. We are indeed. Tell you what, Dan, let's take a quick break. We we have more show to come, but Dan again will be here till the Jack Farrell time about seven forty five. So don't wait. You want to send a text, if that's easier, 81807. Uh, We've got uh, more time for your text messages, and we'll pick up on those. In the Twin Cities right now, 30 degrees. We'll have a look at weather coming up. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny along with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, who will be with us another 8, 10 minutes or so from right now. I have a bunch of text messages, too, uh, Dan, I want to forget about. Uh, Here's one. I have a 2010 Nissan Sentra. This always happens in the 20 to 30 degree temp and snowing. The car will periodically jerk. This has been going on for two winters. Well, last week the engine light came on, so I brought it to an auto zone so they could read the code. It indicated it was the evaporative valve. Now the engine light went off. Would this be causing the jerking? No, not at all. The, the evaporative system could be as simple as your gas cap was loose. So if the check engine light came on, because your gas cap was loose, uh, you filled it up with gas and got the cap tight this time. And uh, the system continues to do self-tests. And the second time that it did its self-test, it passed. It passed the test. That's why the light went Oh, I so, see. Uh, the misfire, which I'm assuming is the jerking that you're feeling, you probably need to take that in and have that checked and, and figure out what that is because uh, – you know, driving a car with a misfire can cause lots of other problems. Yeah, that's and true. So, so you don't want that to happen. So, uh, I would as before winter's over and and you don't have to worry about it till next year, or maybe that's the answer. Don't worry about it till next year, but uh, but you don't want to drive the vehicle jerking like yeah. that. That's a bad idea. All right, get it in. Texter says this: I have a 2007 Lexus RX. After shutting the car, tick tick sound comes, and emergency lights are on for a while. And they go away after 30 seconds. What could be the problem? Well, there's something not shutting down like it's supposed to. And that, that the fact that it's ticking like that says, I don't know if a relay is staying powered up or, what, or what's going on. But if it is a relay, um, the relays, the relay, in a relay on many of, many of the styles of relays, they're a, a, a metal uh, set of contacts, and if those contacts start to get b- burned because every time they they touch and untouch, there's a spark, uh, so they kind of melt away, if you will, after after a period of time. 
that surface can get rough, and that rough surface can can get to where they stick. Mm. And so the the relay gets de-energized, and those um, contacts are supposed to come apart, and they don't. They're stuck for a little while, and okay. the, the spring eventually gets them to come apart. But the, but uh, but at any rate. Uh, I'm worried that if you, if you don't do something about it, that that is is eventually going to go to where it, uh, it stays powered up continuously, and of course your battery will go dead. And next time you come out, you won't uh, you won't be able to start the car. So what what should the texters tell the the, the technician or the service right? While it's acting up, they should bring it in and show them okay. what it's doing. You know, because that's not certainly not normal. When yeah. you turn the key off, everything's supposed to yeah. shut off. If yeah. something's not shutting off, then but just go in and and. You know, say, can you come out and, see, and let me show you what my car is doing because it doesn't feel normal to me, and they'll agree with you. and And it's probably something simple, but uh, but you'll need to get some professional. Well, let's hope it is that. anyway. Yeah. Here's a text that says, "My windshield wipers decided to park in the middle of the window." Any suggestions? Have you ever seen that? I have seen that, and usually it's the uh, wiper motor itself. There's a set of gears in there that that uh, depending upon where you have the switch set. The gears are in a certain position, and when you uh, switch it to the off position, they're supposed to switch into a different gear and and go, and continue running until they land in the park position, and yours aren't doing that. Hmm. Uh, that's actually one of the first classes that the kids at school take is on wipers because, as you can imagine, that electronically that's pretty complicated that to get everything to... Uh, Turn on and off, and continue to run, but not not continue to run too long, and all of that. So yeah. it's an interesting wiring study on wiper blades. They're they're on a wiper motor. Motor. Yeah, they're hard to uh, they're hard to understand. Speaking of wipers, I know you and I have addressed that issue before, and I've learned that uh, in this case, uh, you do get what you pay for because I know some wipers are pretty expensive. But I tell you what, after we had a couple of wipers changed, wow, what yeah. a difference. Well, and, you know, it, they, get, they get bad gradually, so you drive yeah, with these bad wipers true. and the bad glare and the, and the uh, streaks forever, and then you put them on, the new ones on, and, and, uh, and it's like, wow. But I, and I agree. In fact, I'm shocked by the price of them sometimes. <laughs> and, and there's a million different wipers now. You know, yeah. it used to be they were all the same shape, and the only difference was the length of them. Yep. And now they're not, and the ones with the really complicated hookup are really expensive. Yep, so they are. Anyway, beware of that. But and they don't, do. And work. Don't be surprised when yeah. it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's the sticker shock. Yeah, for the wipers. sticker shock. Yeah. Texter says, "Is it best to stay with one brand of oil for the life of the vehicle, like the one Denny does?" <laughs> <laughs> well, Denny does do that, and so of course, every idea Denny has is a good idea. <laughs> that's what. So, so that's what you unless I'm do. saying that at home. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know it's not necessary. No. I I do too, and I don't know if it's a coincidence or if it's just that I choose that brand of oil. It's it's actually probably the first. Uh, brand of oil that I ever sold, and so I'm I'm satisfied with it, and it's worked well all of my career. But well, you've said it before: if you if you've been using conventional oil, whatever that is these days, right. and you change it regularly, you're okay. And if you use right. synthetic regularly, you're okay. You're okay. That in, yeah. oil change intervals are a little bit longer on the synthetic. That's and, true. And so the price is probably exactly the same, uh, you know, net. And so I think uh, I think. As long as you change it like you're supposed to, you'll do do just fine. I've I've said this before, Denny, and it's true. I've never seen a failed engine that was not lack of maintenance. That was not either you know the oil was low or gone or or something else 
caused it. But if 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 you maintain your engine maintenance, you know that the lubrication yeah. is not what's going to cause your car to fail. Something else will Something cause else your will. engine to fail. Right. Last week, Texter says you discussed a text concerning the manual use of the automatic transmission and cautioned against its use. However, isn't that why it's available, i.e. to assist the braking on an off-ramp or when descending a steep mountain grade? I use this whenever driving in the mountains. We're talking about right, that right. automatic transmission. It has an, <laughs> You have an ability to shift I, they, up and down. Yeah, we... There must have been a misunderstanding because I use mine in the mountains too. Oh, you do, and you have to. Uh, you know, when when you're going up and down the mountains, you need to shift your vehicle out of overdrive and into drive because there's simply not enough power, and the engine yeah. keeps or the transmission just keeps shifting back and forth, and that's a problem. Or if you're hauling a trailer or hauling a big load, you need to shift the vehicle out of out of overdrive. So yes, I agree. That is that is what it's for. Now. I think what we were talking about is, is it necessary to do it regularly? Right, because the texture like, last week yeah. missed the manual transmission. He wanted to use, he or she right. wanted to use it. Yeah, and, and I think my answer is if you want to play with it, go ahead. That's, you know, yeah. that's, it is, that is what it's made for. And but it's also been designed to, to, to be an to automatic transmission. Right. But a lot of the cars, you know, the, the, the sports cars now will have paddle shifting on an that's automatic true transmission yeah, where yeah, you can yeah. put it into the manual mode and... You know, go ahead and do it. That's that's what it's made for. That's great. Go. So thank you for that. So I Clarify can clarify that. what I meant. Yeah, good deal. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, 2006. Do so we have a minute? Yeah, we have. Uh, we're just about out of time. 2006 Chrysler Town & Country. Oil light on, but oil level is fine. Changed oil approximately 1,000 miles ago. What else should I check? Well, the next thing is you'll have to take it in and get some help because what they will, what the shop will do is take the oil pressure switch out of the vehicle Put in a mechanical gauge, test the oil pressure. If the oil pressure is accurate and good, then they'll uh, probably put a new switch in right away, which a uh, really good chance that'll take care of the problem. If that does not take care of the problem, then they'll have to go a little bit further. And, and, and it's not that there's a problem with the engine, but there's a problem with the warning light. And they'll see. have to figure out why the warning light is not working. One last question, then we got to go. Wheel weights won't stay uh, put on an aluminum wheels on a Honda van. Any ideas? Yeah, you know, what we do is we'll add a little bit of, of additional glue to them. Mm. We'll uh, take, we call it RTV. It's just a silicone glue, and we'll put a little more glue on them, and then the, uh, then the weights will stay on. And somebody told me if, they're, if you're using the sticky weights, you know, the ones that have tape on the back of them, if you just warm them up a little bit before you stick them on, that helps too. Oh, that makes sense. But at any rate, add a little bit more adhesive to the two ends of the weight, and it'll stay on just fine. We have to go. We'll see you next week. And uh, what's the phone number for Lloyd's? Give us a call today at 651-228-1316. And next week, more car care. We'll be here. Thanks very much.